Okay, good. So how many of you are unsettled about the presidential election that's happening right now? Maybe frustrated, confused. You know, is, is Joe Biden really president of the United States? Are Donald Trump's allegations of voter fraud true? Or is he just a sore loser refusing to face reality? Who can we believe? Mass media, underground media, Christian media. But do you think God is like, oh no, I don't know what to do. Quick, call the Holy Spirit and, and, and um, you know, uh, we need to get together, call Jesus and the Holy Spirit because I don't know what to do. You think he's like that? He is still in total control of everything. He is still on the throne and in total control of everything. And, um, but right now, again, we are in a, like I shared week before last about the dream the Lord gave me about these bones, which were the dry bones that represented the, the church in the U.S. and how the devil wanted to spread them out across the U.S. and use them for his purposes, and God wanted to use them for, for his purposes. And he took me to Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Decision. And that's where we're at right now in the U.S., the Valley of Decision. And um, where, which way are we going to go? And then he told Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. And the first thing is they started coming together, there was a great shaking. And the bones were rattling. Uh, are your bones rattling a little bit? Um, it's only the beginning. But that's what happened, would happen first, is they're rattling and to shake away from the sleeping church. Anything we are standing on for our faith, for our information, for our hope, for our knowledge, instead of Jesus. Everything that is sinking sand will be shaken away until his bride, like God is giving people the same thing, like how he was giving Mickey, prepare. The bride needs to prepare. It's preparing his bride to be unshakable on the rock, to be filled with the oil, with the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's saying right now. And yeah, I, sh I shared that when a pastor gives a message on average, it's 15% of the people get offended no matter what he shares. But with this message, I wonder if it's more like 30. <laughs> Because I gotta share with you honestly, I've been spending all half of every day at least in fasting and prayer for what what is happening, and um, my my heart has been grieved as to what is happening, and um, but it's all good. It's all for a purpose. Proverbs three five to six says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And if we are shaken, then we are not fully trusting in the Lord with all our heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct 
your past. He's still on the throne. He still promises to take care of us no matter what happens. But like I, I said also, like the, 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 the uh, valley of decision I would give my kids, are you going to do the right thing with or without punishment? Because I see if you don't change your direction, it's going to be really bad for your future. So I hope you choose without punishment. But if it needs to be for your good, I will do that. And we are at that place too. And, and giving the, right now, like Brian just shared with me this morning, how the Lord was giving him all this morning, Second Chronicles 7.14. And... Um, which is that we need to repent. As the people of God, we need to repent, not blaming anybody else for anything that's happening. Why? Because he's saying you're bad, you're bad. No. He's saying that so that when we repent, the Bible says he's faithful to forgive. And then he can heal our land. And that's why this is on our hearts. You know, and, and like Jonah 1, 9 says, uh, Jonah was in the boat, the boat was sinking, and the captain of the boat tells Jonah, get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so we will not perish. Yeah, all of these things are not settled. Election is not settled. But why is our nation in such a state right now? We, why we talk about repentance and God is calling us to that is because we, and I'm talking about me as pastor and um, been a um, leader in the body of Christ here in Hawaii for many years now. And for the older Christians, that we have not been the salt and light. We have not taught our children well. It's the Bible says we need to teach our children. And it reminds me of, of what happened in Hawaii where the first missionaries came and they came to lay down their lives for the people. And uh, the mission board said, you shall not get involved in government, in any kind of land or money speculation. Any monies you make got to go right to the mission. But they didn't teach their children well. And their descendants took the land, took the nation, and turned people to bitterness against Christ turn people away from him. And so when I say that, I look at myself and been spending really the weeks repenting and it, the burden is still heavy on my heart. I don't know if it's because things are not settled yet with the election or I think it's just that God is saying this is a time to prepare and to get ready. And, and it's actually, like I said, it's a, a, a good thing. But is it going to be for us like I said, or like um, the Bible says, to fall upon the rock of Jesus Christ and be broken in humility and repentance, or the rock fall on us and we get crushed into repentance. It's the decision that um, Jeremiah was giving Israel. Turn and turn back to God. Otherwise, they would go into captivity and be slaves. And God didn't want that for them, but they didn't listen. And, but God, he wants what's good, but he has a big point of view. What's good for the 
the whole world, what's good for the universe, what's good for our seventh generation from now. It was hard what Israel went through at that time, but they turned back to God. And um, it was good for all of us, our future, because Jesus came through that. And so we have that. Now, how can you do that? I was praying about that. How can you tell the truth and, just, and still be encouraging? And talk about love, that this is all about the love of God, but that we also, this is a time he's saying, if we do, maybe he'll turn and relent. Maybe he will heal our land as we do that. And so I'm talking about, been talking about being religious, being the bride of Christ ready for his return. And I talked that week about being a, a hypocrite, how we, I've talked to people outside of the church and they said, look how you treat one another. If that's love, um, you can keep it. We, we haven't been showing that as a body just really loving and forgiving and being gracious to one another and to, to other people. And not being the salt and light, like I said, to the, to the next generation. We were hypocrites in that my generation is, I would say. Because I've talked to young Christians and they're like, um, so what about abortion? The babies all just go to heaven. Does the Bible say that? Do we know that for sure? Um, and it's just pure rebellion against God because God says, do not shed innocent blood. In uh, Isaiah 59, it says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. Their feet rush to sin. They are swift to shed innocent blood. That's what the Bible says. But we're making up our, our own rules about these things and, and what God says about them. And... Psalm 106, 37 to 42 says, They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters who they sacrificed, and the land was polluted with blood. They were defiled by their own works and their own deeds. Therefore, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against his people. So he abhorred his own inheritance and gave them into the hand of the Gentiles, those un unbelievers. And those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. And um, so it's just wrong, but I don't blame anyone who has had an abortion. I point back to us. We did not teach our children well. So they say, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about LTBQ? GQ, um, it's love. Because God said, he's our creator. He is the manufacturer who says, this is how I made you and your bodies to be. And how families, I made your family to be. One man and one woman, raising children together 
in love. This is how the pattern I have done. So anything outside of that is rebellion. And who's the God of rebellion? Satan. And so we have this going away and it's our, I've been standing and praying and my heart has been heavy repenting for us as the, the, those older ones in Christ and Christian leaders. And so that what we've done is we have, if we have been the light that people could see the light of God, the love, the forgiveness, the grace, they would have come. If we were the salt, which the salt, you put it on meat, it flavors the whole meat, we would flavor our society around us. And um, instead of love, the second thing we're known as hate. The God who is love himself is known as hate. But how do we do this? How do we show to a, a gay person that God loves you and yet say, this is not right, the way you're living? Because God knows what's best for us out of his love. But to love them, I showed a video the other time about a gay man who um, finally came to God, but he was at a gym and Christians came up to him and said, God hates your kind. God doesn't hate him. God cares about him, thinking about him more than he does about us. Like the father of the prodigal son. One son was there. He's praying and praying and thinking about the son that's away, waiting for him to come back home, that he will leave the 99 who are already in the fold to chase after that one. That's how much, how much he loves that person. Not he hates them. And all heaven rejoices when they come back. That's our God. And so I wanted to share with you something that um, uh, email I got from someone who uh, at the University of the Nations in, um, at the school in uh, South Africa, the South African branch. I was supposed to go last year, but the Lord said no. And um, what happened there? He says, hello, Uncle Daniel. To be honest, I was a little nervous as I didn't know what to expect joining a celebration with all Muslims. It was Heritage Day, a South African holiday that encourages people to celebrate all the different cultures and beliefs which make up this very diverse nation. Kind of like Hawaii. Our Redeeming Culture School, that's led by Island Breeze, who has come here almost every year, had been invited to attend a celebration in a predominantly Muslim historic neighborhood. We walked in a bit unsure and set up our stuff as we were going to perform. We sat, we joined in, we listened. Several speakers very proudly shared some of the history. They also shared very clearly how they valued women, which to be honest, I didn't expect this from a Muslim community. Our South African team shared some dances, as did our Polynesian dancers. They loved it. They fed our teams, and as we went back in to thank them, something beautiful happened. As we would typically do, we sang a song to thank them for their hospitality. This is a Polynesian tradition. They prayed a prayer of blessing over us. Then, our Fijian brother prayed a prayer of blessing over them. 
They then mentioned the Hakka. Being a rugby nation, they are very familiar with the New Zealand All Blacks who perform a Hakka before each match. They asked if we could do one. Our team obliged. The Hakka we chanted translates to, look and see the warriors full of hope, courage and humility for they choose to walk in the light. These words were declared over this beautiful community and something broke. It felt like in a moment a wall broke between us. They loved us and we loved them. You know what that means? Jesus walked into the midst because God is love. As we greeted them, I remember seeing one auntie and I had so much love fill my heart. It was as though I saw her as a person, a beautiful person that God made, beautiful wrinkles on her face, beautiful heart, beautiful person. I didn't see her as a Muslim. I saw her as a person, more the way God sees her. I realized I had put Muslims in a box. I would see them from a distance and categorize them, judge them, and distance myself. I didn't see them as God sees them, as men, as women, as boys and girls that he created and loves intensely. Oh, how he loves them as much as any one of us. Like I said, even more his heart crying out for them. Wanting them, not wanting to be in heaven without them. Having made plans for their lives before they were born and so desiring them to come home to be with him. My eyes were open to see them as God loved them, as loved by God and therefore loved by me. Is there a group of people that maybe you tend to categorize, judge, or put in a box the way I did? Republicans, Democrats, black, white, brown, Muslim, Jewish, LGBTQ? How does God see them? I believe he is inviting us into greater intimacy with him, which involves seeing and loving as he does. In his way, on his terms. And he says, hopefully this story encourages you in the midst of these crazy times. Sincerely, Bryce. And all angels rejoice when one of these ones, all of them, precious to God's heart that he loves intensely, comes back. And everything else we do without love is just noise. And that's the main thing is the love for one another to show and say people saying, wow, I want to be accepted and loved just as I am too. I want to be able to really share who I am freely, not saying, oh, I got to make sure, uh, I got to put on this uh, covering, this clothing to, so people will accept me, that I can be real, who I am, and really be loved, because that's how God loves them, just as they are, and really be loved, that I can be open and no one's going to reject me. I can really be loved, 
and not worry about rejection? Do people really love me like, would they love me like that? And if the church was like that, people would flock to it because everybody wants love, unconditional love, that they can really be themselves fully in all their flaws and all their sins and be loved because that's how God loves us. That's why he came for us. He knew we would fall short. That's why he died for us. That's his love for us. And that's the love we should show and have for others. And we all fall short. I fall short. That's why repentance is so important. Because if we repent, he forgives. And it sets us free. And um, not to judge one another. And I'll talk about that um, next week. But I want to encourage you, as we repent, as we say, oh God, oh God um, help me. Help me to change. Help me to love others as you have loved me. And if we haven't seen the love of God, you haven't seen it from the church, I, that's why I repent and I repent to you too. Um, I've been hurt by more Christians than non-Christians. But let's not look at one another as being perfect like Christ. Only one is perfect. The rest of us are sinners saved by grace. And so that we can just love and give grace to one another as he gave grace to us. So as the worship team comes up, last song, let's pray. Father God, help us. We fall so short. And as a older Christian and pastor and leader in the body of Christ in Hawaii, I repent to you. I have been saying, God, forgive us for not teaching our children well. That this has all come upon us because we have not done as you said in your word to pass your precepts on to our children. But Father, may be if, if we repent, you, who are full of mercy and grace, will forgive us and heal our land. You are on the throne and you will do what's best for us one way or another. But like I did for my children and would punish them for their future if needed. It's our choice in the Valley of Decision right now, which is still, the battle is so intense right now in the spirit, more intense than ever, that we can spend time repenting before God for not loving one another like he has loved us and ask him to teach us, teach us. And when we do that, he will change us. He changes us from glory to glory as we allow him to do that because love has to be freely given and freely received and so we have a choice if we don't ask him he doesn't force us because he wanted children not slaves and you are his beloved child let the bride get herself ready to meet her king in jesus name amen